I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. We have a super special guest with us today. Christine, do you want to introduce her? Yes. Today, I am so honored to have my very good friend, Cassie Blogalotti's here. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's an honor to be on your podcast. Love both of you guys and the message that you bring to everybody. And I'm excited to really get deep with you guys today. Yay! Yeah. I know. So let me try to do a worthy enough intro for <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Cassie, I think I've known you for a couple years now. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So, And Cassie is not only a fitness guru, mm. but she's also a boss she runs her own empire i feel like you are the asian oprah that is Aww, like the asian oprah but that i feel like that is a huge compliment yeah no in the oh sense that like how much oprah i feel is not only does she create a company and have expanded to so many different parts of her industry but she brings so much heart and soul into everything that she does mm-hmm. so it goes beyond just the product you know it just goes beyond just a talk show or her magazine but what she brings and what people walk away with is the feeling of there's more to my life. Oprah inspires me to want to do more. And I feel like you bring so much of that into everything that you do. And everything that you do has so much heart and soul. And I think that's because of the journey that you've been through as a person. And not only your highs, which everyone hears about too, but Mm -hmm. all the struggles. It's been a journey to get to this point. It has. And Christine, that was a really good intro. (laughs) Like one of the best I've ever had. I felt it was very genuine, very unique. And the whole heart and soul thing, that really got to me because it is true. Every time I decide to go on a new venture or create a new product, it's not just a about profits, making money, or being famous. It's never been about that. I have to be passionate about it. And I guess I'm just really happy that you can feel that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, thank you. That's really why we wanted you on the show, because Mm -hmm. you're so honest and open about what you go through. There's so much real stuff behind that. And I'm so glad that you share it, because there's nothing to be embarrassed about. This is just real. That's what connects us as human beings. So yeah. I think you really connect with your fans and your followers and just people in general because of that openness. I use my blog and my Instagram as a diary. Mm. And so I have to be open and honest to myself. And then, oh, here's an audience anyway. And it's just amazing how many people can relate to such specific situations. For example, parents being immigrants, growing up in an Asian family household and things like that. And so for me, it's been very therapeutic to have the community and see the feedback immediately and see how people are being impacted by what you're saying. Yeah, and that's why it's like your brand, Blog Lotties, is so much more than just fitness and there's a whole feeling behind the company. Thank you. you. That means a lot to me. It really does. I think that's that's the success in your story is that Mm -hmm. you're able to convey all of those things into more than just a brand. Mm -hmm. So that's, (laughs) I feel like that was the whole episode in itself. (laughs) And we're done. (laughs) (laughs) But oh my gosh, we want to say congratulations. Oh, Oh, I'm getting engaged. Oh my gosh. 
Your ring is just sparkling right now. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. I love it so much. And Jacqueline and Sam designed this for me and I love it. And I wouldn't change a single thing about it. And so I think I love the fact that they made it, not the fact that I have something on my finger. Yeah. I love that. See, so like there's sweet. so much meaning behind all these things, oh. you know, <laughs> even that story. It's just like, oh, of oh. course. <laughs> of course, vlog a lot. Sam is the mystery man. Sam is apparently the mystery man. And all of these weird articles that have come out from like Cosmo, Daily Mail, People Magazine saying like, Oh, Bride Lotties is now engaged <laughs> to secret boyfriend. I'm like, it's really wait, funny. who? Who is this? It's like so quick, video. I'm like, is it not Sam? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's been so funny. Oh, my God. I, I can't even believe people are writing about it. That's like, it's, that's funny to me. I feel like the only time gossip magazines <laughs> yeah. want to write about a celeb is, you know, when it's like juicy and stuff. I didn't think I was juicy material <laughs> at all. Kind of juicy. You and Sam are super juicy. Oh. Okay. <laughs> So there it is. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. Really want to dive into the father-daughter relationship mm. that we have because I feel like that relationship is very special. I mean, it impacts basically your entire life, your self-esteem, your confidence, how you see yourself as a woman, your relationship with any future men, your decisions about life. I feel like that is a very unique relationship and that really explains and goes into why we are the way we are and mm -hmm. helps us think about it too. Oh, the decisions that we've made and the struggles that we've encountered. Why have we made those decisions? And how does our relationship with our dad impact that? Regina and I had already done an episode about parents. So that's why we want to dive in a little bit deeper. And especially because I know you've shared some of your struggles with your family. Mm -hmm. And I feel like your dad is pretty central to a lot of those experiences. Yeah, I still remember, I think this was maybe half a year ago, you sent me such a sweet text because I was so upset. My dad had told me something along the lines of, you're only successful because you're lucky. And I don't know where that even came from. He just said it. Just... And it got me really, really upset. So I just went on a rant on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then it was very interesting because... It was my Asian friends who reached out and texted me. So I think it was like you, Wes, Phil, like you guys all reached out. And like that was very, very nice. I think it's just something to do with Asian immigrant parents or maybe immigrant parents, you know, because our careers look like it's so fun and it's entertainment and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. But luck doesn't do anything if you're not going to work hard. If you're not prepared for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are the things I think because we're Asian, we don't tend to talk about those accomplishments as much. Yeah. Yeah. you know so we're very just, humble yeah. our parents yeah. teach us not to show off yeah they're always like oh don't be so like gaudy don't like take all these photos and post them and that's essentially kind of what our culture has evolved to now yeah and a lot of the times it's not showy like a lot of the times when you post your photos mm -hmm. it's not to be like oh look at how fabulous my life is mm -hmm. like i love reading your captions because it's so in depth there's so much more to it than just the photo thank you so much for saying that because to me I've transitioned from blogging on blogladies.com to blogging on Instagram because for me, Instagram is so visual based, which means mm -hmm. very superficial. I mean, you see the people that thrive on there. You got booty models, um, <laughs> models in general, people with not very much clothing, you know, that sort of yeah. very mm -hmm. good looking people, mm -hmm. which makes sense when it's a visual based mm -hmm. platform. Mm -hmm. And so for me, because my success does not depend on 100% on the way that I look. For me, it's a lot about who I am and my thoughts inside. And so I feel like the picture on Instagram is supplemental to my captions. So I feel mm -hmm. like my captions 
fans will read all the way to the bottom. And I can tell because when I read their comments, like they're talking about things at the bottom of the caption. I think it's a very special audience that I have in the community. Yeah, yeah. I think you've really cultivated that community to understand that that even though what you're known for is fitness right and keeping a healthy lifestyle but it's also a healthy mentality mm-hmm. and those two accommodate each other you can't just have one without the other mm-hmm. yeah and i think you stress that a lot mm-hmm. and i feel like for me with my parents uh, they're both in the medical field so that was something that they uh-huh. always pushed uh-huh. and they're like well in order to help people you need to help them like physically help them do checkups and help uh-huh. them have the right medication and all of that uh-huh. so then when i went into my whole like oh i really want to work in media and creating positive content and all of that they're like how how is that that sounds more like fun and games uh-huh. you know and they so, don't understand exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so i feel like as a child of an asian immigrant they see this and they just see tv and movies and they don't think about the hard work that goes into building a brand like that so <laughs> going back to father and daughter relationships I want to go into like how were your guys' relationships with your dad as children were you guys uh, close was he hands-on was he working a lot Our dad is very strict, but he's also kind of evolved over the years, too. Very hands-on when it came to academics. Like, Um, he would tutor us in homework and math and stuff, but he was a very mean tutor. And so, like... (laughs) If I didn't understand a certain theorem in geometry or something, right, he would yell at me and be like, why don't you understand? This is so easy. And then I would have to say like about 75% of my tutoring sessions with my dad like ended up with me in tears. Like, And with my sister it was even worse because she wasn't so strong in like math and things like that. And so he got even more mad at her. Mm-hmm. And one time she even like ran away because he was just so versatile verbally abusive Mm. he made us feel like we were stupid but you know this is like some 40 year old dad and like we're like 12 and of course I don't understand like it's the first time I've learned Mm -hmm. in my life that really distanced us from him as we were growing up my dad also became very hawk-like when it came to me going to college I wanted to become a fashion designer but when I told my dad he said you will not be successful you'll make no friends and you'll have no money I don't know where the friends thing came what? from. No, I feel but, like that's uh, something that they always throw in. They're like, oh, you're going to be alone. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm not going to have money. I'm not going to have friends. I don't yeah. know. So it scared me. I mean, I was 16. It scared me. So I was like, you know what? Be a doctor and you can design on the side. Oh, my gosh. So my dad is an engineer, mm-hmm. but his fun is like real estate. And he's like, yeah. well, yeah, for me, see, I do engineer to pay the bills. And then I do real yeah. estate for fun. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> I want to live my life passionately. Exactly. Like, exactly. Which easy. Is, which is like really funny because the thing is, my dad does really love his job. I've never yeah. seen anyone love his that's job good. as much as he does. That's good. And so I feel like I use that as my example of, oh, that's what I'm striving for. But then the things that I wanted to strive for, he was like, ah, oh, it doesn't seem very stable. <laughs> and oh. then he was like, just do that on the side. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see. So when I went to college, I ended up getting a degree in biology with a minor in business. That's how I met Sam. He was my finance tutor. But that's like going whole another topic. Whole nother yeah. topic. <laughs> we'll invite you back for that. Yeah, yeah. Another episode. <laughs> and so it was junior year when I realized, wait a minute, I am so unhappy right now. Like after I finish school and I take the MCATs, that means I have another four years in medical school and then four years in residency. This isn't going to end. I need to stop it before I 
it even starts. Mm. And so junior year, the last class I needed to take was organic chemistry. Oh my gosh, I hated Ochem. I talk about that all the time. Really? I hated Ochem. Really? Okay. I took like two weeks of Ochem (laughs) and then I dropped out. You know why? Because I had tried to tell my mom and dad, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a doctor. I just don't want to do it. And they're like, just take the class, whatever. But I knew every step that I took would get, oh, we'll just take the egg. Let's just see how you do it. Like, I I would be trapped. Mm. So I knew I had to sabotage myself. So I dropped out of organic chemistry. So I never took it. It sounds horrible. It's horrible. Um, (laughs) But you felt like you were pushed to that. This is it. Like, I have to make a stand for myself. Or like, that's your way of acting. Basically, I needed their approval to let me not be a doctor. And then I realized... You're never you know what? It. Yeah. I need to sabotage myself right now so that they no longer have that power over me, over mm. what I can do, what I cannot do. So dropped out of OCHEM. That basically screwed up my entire scheduling, getting into school. What year I would start medical school and all that kind of stuff. After that happened... I went loose. <laughs> I got like a fashion design internship. I started doing more creative things. Then I started really embracing more of my entrepreneurship and my design. And I eventually graduated with an honors in biology anyway. But I like you just do that in there. Like, oh, I ended up graduating with honors. <laughs> well, but, you know, anyways, <laughs> I just feel like if you're going to do something, just do it well. Sort wow. of thing. But, my, but my heart wasn't into it. Um, like I actually. But you still made it. Well, well, I think what helped was that my first two years were real solid, Um. and then half of my third year was pretty (laughs) solid, but then my senior year, I was so bad. So you didn't completely drop out of all of that. You were just... I dropped out of organic chemistry, Mm -hmm. but I got my degree in biology still, So, which is good because that still helps me understand the body and Mm. science and how it works with fitness. Mm. So I don't regret having that science background and science thinking, but I also think everything happens for a reason, Mm -hmm. and I I would not be so passionate about what I'm doing now if that didn't happen to me. And yeah, it was painful. There were times in college when I felt like I literally wanted to kill myself. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I thought about it because really? I didn't know how to make myself happy and how to make my parents happy. Like it got to a point where they made me feel like I had no other choice. And if I wasn't going to do what they were going to do, I was going to be unsuccessful and fail in life. And then I was just thinking, who am I living for? And so it it really got to a dark place. And I mean, you've heard of students committing suicide in college because they didn't get a grade or something, right? Like, Especially with with Asian students. A lot of Asian students, yeah. I wouldn't say it was like that extreme. I never really thought about like, oh, how I'm going to do it, what I'm going to do. But like there were thoughts and it got really Mm -hmm. dark. Is it because you equated how you performed and your expectations of your parents to their love for you or it was a two-year success um I think it has a lot to do with always wanting to get your parents approval and this is something I still deal with today and I'm 30 years old now and I run a successful company but you still always want to get your parents approval and at that moment because I wasn't a rebellious teenager at all I was super good up until junior year of college and I think junior year of college was like my rebel years and so that's when I discovered that oh, wait a minute, my parents aren't always right. Oh, Mm. wait, I get to live for myself. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I guess if I had rebelled earlier, maybe this could have been avoided, but I'm just, that's just who I am. Is it because your dad was really strict? I mean, was your mom also really strict or was it mostly your dad? So my dad was really strict over my academics. He even like, called my marketing professor in college and asked him how I was doing. It was embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how intense my dad was. And my mom, on the other hand, was so intense about my love life. She (laughs) would not let me have a boyfriend until second year of college. Like, I don't know why it was second year. I have no (laughs) idea. But she didn't let us date. She didn't let us see boys. And, And I actually had a secret boyfriend 
And then somehow she found out, and it was a disaster. She said, you are no longer my daughter. And, like, she was so intense. Wow. And then I had to break up with him. So then came second year of college, and then junior year, that's when I met Sam. And then, obviously, we started talking, and then we got in a relationship, and then I took him home to meet my mom and dad. And this is the weirdest thing you're ever going to hear. This is a year past how, when I'm allowed to have a boyfriend, right? Yeah. So I take him home, and then my mom sees Sam for the first time, and she literally, like, runs into her bedroom and starts crying. <gasps> Isn't oh it the gosh. weirdest thing well, Wait, why? Yeah, why? why? I don't know. Wait, to this, like, day, to you this day, you don't know? Well, I mean, she was just really upset that I was taken by a guy or something. Like, she wasn't ready for it. I don't think she was, like, ready to let go of her little girl or something like that. Yeah, It sounds like... like her prolonging your dating life yeah, is, yeah. yeah. and then, yeah. then it's like oh wait this this is a real guy because yeah. you've reached that age that you can finally date and then here and here it is yeah. and it's like I'm not I'm not ready yeah mm. and you're their firstborn that's true I think like with because I'm a first first child mm. that they tend everything's a new experience mm-hmm. with them so I could see that they were overprotective with you Super. Were they like that with your sister? Um, my sister is more rebellious, so she rebelled in her like preteens. But also because of that, my sister's relationship with my dad is almost non-existent. Mm. Yeah, and for me, I'm a pretty calm person, and my sister's understanding too. But she also holds grudges, yeah. and I tend to forget things. And so my relationship with my dad is a little bit closer. But that's only because I have to keep forgiving him mm. because he's still yeah. making the same mistakes. He's still. The way he executes in terms of explaining something comes off as very condescending and comes off as very offensive and stuff. But because I understand where he's coming from, like, I really try to get past that. But I'd have to say, like, once every quarter or something, I go through these phases where I'm like, I hate my dad. Like, I don't ever want to see him again. I don't want to invite him to the wedding. Like, like, like it's super intense. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I realize... Oh, my dad, he's getting old. One day he's going to die. So I should forgive him. Like, I go through these phases constantly. Mm -hmm. But it's because my dad keeps making the same mistakes. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys ever resolve the fights? I think it ends in a couple different ways. In some cases, my dad will realize that he's done something wrong, which is more one of the more rare situations. And mm-hmm. he'll say sorry, and then maybe oh. we'll cry and we'll hug. But that's oh, I think oh that only happened once. Most of the time, he says something crazy. Then I tried to explain through him through text because I don't even think it's worth talking to him because he gets so explosive, and mm-hmm. I want everything in writing so we can read it and <laughs> screenshots. So, yeah, right. So then I'll explain to him why he's wrong and how you're making me feel is not okay and then he'll text back defending himself and until at some point I'm just like you know what I'm just gonna stop it kind of ends like that and then we give it a few weeks and then I kind of forget and then maybe he's forgotten whatever and then we move on but it sometimes it doesn't get resolved I feel like that's yeah. the thing with Asian parents whenever you have these explosive conversations it's never resolved people either forget about it uh-huh. or it just we choose to ignore it right I think we choose to ignore it just so that we can move on yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're so right about that's, that that's exactly how my relationship with my dad was I'm definitely like your sister uh-huh. <laughs> like I, I'm most similar to my dad uh-huh. and and I think that's actually what scares him the most because mm-hmm. my dad actually was the rebellious kid and he, mm-hmm. his dad was a doctor. And my dad was the youngest of like five kids. Yeah, then he had me and mm-hmm. I very much like him, very mm-hmm. outspoken. And then I went through my rebellious years. Now getting to know him better, I realized that his dad treated him the exact same way as he treated me. Mm. So they always talked about my grandpa as if he was like a revered saint 
because he was like the only doctor in their small town in Taiwan. So oh. he was like a really famous doctor. Okay. And then um, he died pretty young. So I never thought that my grandpa would have anger issues or like hit kids. But then now as I'm a grown adult, I found that he did. He had that Japanese upbringing because uh-huh. that's when the Japanese took over Taiwan. Oh. So he was very strict, but okay. also very loving. Huh. So that's exactly how my dad was. My dad's a very interesting person. He's super charismatic. And he's actually one of the most non-judgmental people that I know. Before I was 21, he was super strict. Everything mm-hmm. was no. Can I go to a dance? No. Can mm-hmm. I go to my friend's place? No. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I could not do anything. And then once I turned 21, he was like, go at it. <laughs> do whatever you want. And by the way, I also smoked weed when I was in college too, you know? It was like, whoa, pretty cool. And I realized my dad used a lot of, I mean, he was an Asian dad, so his idea was a lot of just sense of control, mm-hmm. you know? So he wanted to control what I was doing. He wanted to control the way I thought. And if I didn't agree with him or I didn't do what he said then he would get really angry so he would take away like my car he would like I'm not gonna Uh, give you your allowance and you can't uh do this so I just grew up feeling that men always wanted something like it it was conditional Uh because my first experience with the man in my life is my dad right and his love came with conditions those type of things definitely stick to me as an adult and Uh I definitely see how my relationship with my father still plays into how I am as a woman now you know so how about you, Regina? I know, Regina, your relationship with your dad is very different. It's quite different. I mean, I think that my dad, he's been the more sensitive person uh-huh. in like my parents' relationship. So it's interesting because he's the one who's more thoughtful, more sentimental. And my mom, I think that the way I think is more like my dad, but my personality is more like my mom. Uh-huh. Growing up, he wasn't around a ton. So I actually grew up mainly with my mom. So my dad was the <laughs> oldest of three siblings, and he's always been the most responsible, the most mature, the one who... Uh, chose the more practical career path Mm. to provide for the family. Mm. And so I feel like in that sense, he's given me very high expectations for what I expect in life because I feel like he was someone that I could always depend on. Mm -hmm. And so now I have this irrational fear that I won't be able to depend on someone else. Or it's Mm. like you can't find someone that could live up to that Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I think that I can honestly count maybe a handful of times that my dad has gotten mad at me like really screaming and yelling I think that for him it's just that he was a very patient person and like Mm. really willing to work with me and so because of that I feel like I have a very close relationship with my dad Mm -hmm. but even so like my personality is more like my mom so I feel like I have more stuff to talk with Mm. my mom about He's given me a lot of confidence, but then I don't know sometimes if it's like false confidence. And so I feel like that kind of becomes like an insecurity of mine where I seek that validation a Uh lot. I see that in you. When you say that you don't know if it's a false sense of confidence, there is aura about you that you can be very confident. There'll be times where me and Regina will be discussing things and Mm -hmm. she's so like, no, I want to this. Like this, uh, no, I, I really don't think that's a good idea, Christina. <laughs> and then I'll be like, why do you think you're right? And I, you know, but then other times I do know that you have that insecurity inside of you. So yeah. there's kind of that juxtaposition mm-hmm. in you that kind of struggles with right. that. My parents make fun of me all the time. They're like, how can you be so confident sometimes? And I was, sometimes I feel that need to like, act like I know what I'm doing just so that they won't ask me that many questions because once they start asking me questions I'm like I don't Don't know know. (laughs) (laughs) so Cassie how do you think that your relationship with your dad has played into your love life and has influenced you as a woman how you give and receive love have you read the book the five love languages yes we just did an episode with Wendy about love languages (gasps) oh that's like her favorite book yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I think every time we go to dinner we always talk about what's your love language (laughs) 
Well, my dad is not the type to say I love you. I think it's very common in Asian parent yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. He's more of a service type. So he shows his love by, for example, now like, coming to LA and for some reason wanting to wash my car even though I don't want my car to be washed (laughs) and then so if I am not aware that he's basically saying I love you through washing his car and I choose to get upset then I'm rejecting his love and so now when I see him wash my car or go to Home Depot and buy a tool to fix the toilet or something even when I don't ask for it Mm -hmm. I have to realize he's saying I love you right now so I think Mm -hmm. understanding that has really helped me but in terms of my relationship with Sam like it's super different obviously Sam does acts of service and things like that. But the things that matter a lot to me are quality time and also words words of of affirmation. affirmation. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like for me, the one thing that I really wanted in my future partner was someone who would support me in my dreams. And through words of affirmation, also through the way that he holds me or whatever, like I know that he's there for me and he believes in me. And if he doesn't, then he tells me that, hey, this may not be a good idea. And we talk about it. But I feel like when he believes in me, he really does. And that really helps me push forward, too. You know, that sounds like the approval that you're always seeking from your parents or your dad. Mm. Like, you're getting that from your partner. Yeah. 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 And I totally get that because if that's something that you interpret as love and acceptance, then of course you want your partner to be able to have that as well in you, right? Of Mm -hmm. course, in all the things that you're doing. And Mm -hmm. Sam definitely has that in you for him. Mm -hmm. So I understand that with like, say, my dad, he very little (laughs) said, I love you and stuff. Mm -hmm. He just didn't do that. I realized that my dad, since he always kind of yanked that control So I always felt like guys came with a condition for love. Right. There had to be an exchange. Uh So for in order for my dad to love me and to accept me, I had to perform at a certain level. You know, I had to do what he wanted me Uh to do. So I think I grew up with that distrust in men. Hmm. And as you get older, you start realizing that a lot of the exchange is guys tend to want to be more physical Mm -hmm. faster Mm -hmm. and as young women we don't understand that Mm because we didn't grow up with that same mentality right so that exchange starts being like oh is that your agenda so i think that kind of morphed into at least like my relationship with my dad of having like okay you have to do this in order for me to love you then that translated to guys being like oh you have to do this in order for me to love you Mm -hmm. so then i became like really cynical and jaded Mm -hmm. but it it took a long time of me being single to really just none of that matters what do I think of myself yeah you know? and it's the confidence that you're talking about mm-hmm. but it comes from a, a really deep and true place mm-hmm. because then I know what my worth is I found my worth from other people's definition growing it's like with my parents then with men with friends and all of that so what they thought of me was how I thought of my own worth if they treated me like crap then I was like oh man I'm so worthless mm-hmm. but then being single getting to know myself all the flaws and the perfect imperfections you know mm-hmm. it really gave me the space to love myself Mm -hmm. as I am with my flaws. Mm -hmm. And that's super hard because you're super critical. But then you have to allow yourself to forgive yourself and to be able to move on, to grow, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that has helped shape my relationship with my dad to current day now. Mm. It's helped me understand him as a person, as a man, and his own struggles. So for the past three years, I was estranged from my dad. We didn't talk at all. Our fights were crazy and I thought that we had gone past this stage already because after college we got into a couple of fights but Uh then we became really really close Uh and you lived at home at that time and I lived at home yeah Yeah. so I was really close to my dad Uh and I think for him a really big thing is loyalty Mm -hmm. he 
made some decisions that I didn't agree with. And I, I think he took that as disrespectful and disloyalty mm. on my part as a daughter. We grew up with our parents uh-huh. being our everything. We look up to them. Yeah. And then once they start acting this way, you're just like, you're not perfect. That, yeah. That's exactly what it is. I think we have to realize early on that our parents are not perfect and they don't know everything. Because now we're like the age when our parents had kids and I don't know that much. I know what I think I know and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I, yeah. It's that realization when it clicks yeah. in that you're yeah. like, my parents are human beings. Yes, yeah. yes. They yeah. had dreams. They uh-huh. had failed dreams. Uh-huh. They had struggles. Yes. They had their insecurities. Uh-huh. So, yeah, wanting to get into our dad's story. Because mm-hmm. I know it's easy to live life through our own perspectives, yeah. right? Yep. And you get, you're just like, oh, why would you say that? That you're just, oh my God, be a dad. Yeah, yeah. But then once we start thinking about it from their perspective uh-huh. and from their story, you're like, okay, I guess it, it makes sense. So I start with Regina. Like, what is your dad's story? What do you think his struggles have been in his own life? Like, if he's given up any dreams or his current insecurities, like mm-hmm. mental, emotional, physical level? Mm-hmm. I think that being the oldest son, he always felt that responsibility to take care of everyone. And his family was not necessarily the most receptive. Even to this day, like he still helps out his siblings when they need it. And he feels it's a little like taken advantage of. Mm. Like he doesn't really feel appreciated. So to him, he's like, I- I'm helping you guys so much. Like, why don't you guys appreciate me more kind of thing? Or like, why can't you guys listen to me more? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like because of that, he really struggles with understanding love languages yeah. and then in turn struggles a lot with feeling like accepted by do his you, family. Do you feel like he feels alone? Like he feels kind of lonely? I think so. Uh-huh. I think that he just really wishes he had that relationship with family and his siblings and stuff. I see. You know what's yeah. so interesting? My dad constantly says, you guys don't appreciate me enough. And no mm-hmm. one ever says thanks for what I do. It's really interesting because you just mentioned that about appreciation. But I think, again, it's, I don't know what your dad's situation is. But mm-hmm. for me, it's my dad doing things that nobody asked for. Mm-hmm. So then how can you appreciate it if you didn't yeah. want it? Yeah, I think that's, a, that's like a very common theme. Where, yeah, and my yeah. dad also likes to give advice advice to everybody but nobody wants to hear it because he thinks he's like the new Confucius it's really weird he thinks he knows so yeah. much like that is his problem mm-hmm. and so that's why when we get into arguments all he does is defend himself because he thinks he's right he thinks he knows everything mm-hmm. and the weird thing is he always says oh you need to be open minded and see things but like he's like one of the most closed minded people ever because he, he thinks he's right yeah. it's super weird where do you think that comes from I don't know to be completely honest and I know we're like on the track of talking about our dad's story yeah. so maybe if I tell you his story maybe yeah. you can help me yeah go ahead out. okay so my dad is Vietnamese Chinese he was born in Vietnam and basically they tell me it, they were like wealthy but then when the communists came during the Vietnam War they took away everything from my dad's dad my grandpa mm-hmm. and at this time my dad and his little brother were going to boarding school and I think maybe boarding school might have a lot to do with relationship issues because that mm-hmm. means he was away from his mom and dad for a good chunk of time mm-hmm. like elementary school middle school high school oh, yeah. and it was in high school where he immigrated to the U.S. to leave the war. I tried to really get in deep with him about the war and how it made him feel, but he won't get into it. He's so stoic about it. He was like, well, there are bombs going off all the time. I would see dead bodies in the street and people would roll them off in carts. But he was just so nonchalant about it maybe he's created his own like emotional barrier so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't affect him or he thinks it doesn't affect him 
he moved over to the U.S. first. My grandpa and my grandma were still in Vietnam, and they had taken my grandpa and thrown him in jail because he was wealthy. Oh um, so they took away everything. My grandma like doesn't know what to do. And so apparently she had a stroke and nobody was there. <gasps> oh. And so I guess somebody knew somebody and helped my grandpa escape from the prison. And so he was able to go find my grandma. And at this point, she's like half paralyzed now. Oh my God. And then eventually my dad and his brother were able to sponsor my grandma and grandpa over to the United States. That's kind of all I know about his upbringing. Oh, I yeah. see. Is, is your dad the older sibling? Yeah, my dad's the older sibling, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so see, I, I think know. maybe because I'm an older sibling, so yeah. I'm like trying to, but there's so much responsibility put on them, especially if he is here first trying to bring his parents over too. Right. Uh-huh. I can see how from that horrible experience that, pretty much it was on his shoulders uh-huh. to try to take care of the entire family yeah it sounds like as an older sibling there's so many of those things that are left unsaid which i think probably is like your dad mm-hmm. regina mm-hmm. where they showed on so much of the responsibility that i think it's that expectation you know that too mm-hmm. right where mm-hmm. parents almost put that on you without even having to say it mm-hmm. and in a way you're just like that's my responsibility because you want to be respectful of your parents, you also want their approval. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, mm-hmm. obviously, your dad's situation, but I feel like I could relate to that feeling of him wanting to obviously make your grandparents happy. And mm-hmm. it sounds like his dad's approval. You like, know what? Now that I think about it, he did say one thing. He told his mom that he wanted to be a doctor when he was younger and his mom said something like, you're not smart enough for that, like be an engineer. And I think mm. maybe that has a lot to do with why he wanted me to be a doctor. Oh, mm. That makes a lot yeah. of sense, I feel yeah. like. Huh? You know, just hearing about your story with your dad and your dad's story, you can tell that he loves you so much. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like he... It's like Regina, they put their hopes and dreams into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they everything yeah. that they feel like they didn't get to do. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, now the second generation gets right. to do it. And yeah. I feel like that's why there is so much pressure. Yeah. Because you're not only trying to live out your dreams, you're trying to live out theirs too. Mm. And so I feel like that's what always causes a lot of strain in a relationship like that. Because then we're privileged enough where our parents made a lot of sacrifices so that now we're already starting at a higher platform. Mm-hmm. And then when our dreams don't match up with theirs, they literally just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely see how you shoulder that into wanting to prove to them that you've made a right choice in choosing this career path yeah. versus the one that basically they felt like they handed to you. Yeah, they're like, oh, we have all the connections. We can, you know, introduce you to all the right people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but when you don't want it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I can see with your dad, Cassie, he really believed that you could, you pretty much were there. It, uh-huh. It's because you self-sabotaged the OCHEM. Yes, you know? definitely. If you didn't, <laughs> you would have continued on that path. And I think that's what made them even more mad mm-hmm. was the fact that I was getting the grades and I was doing well, but I chose not yeah. to versus they not like, being able to. Not that, being yeah. able to. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe that's the part that they can't understand. Because I think as, if I were a parent, I'd be like, what? You got so far. You have it in you. We, they, they believe that you can do it. And it's not to say that everything that you've done now isn't amazing and what you're meant to do but I think to them that's always been like the epitome of the dream yeah because I think for my parents especially for them like honor is like a really 
big thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, saving face and all yeah, this kind of stuff yeah. and like being able to show off your doctor title to uh, family members and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. And and they were like, well, okay, fine. If you don't want to be a medical doctor, then be an optometrist yeah. or a dentist <laughs> or like even a naturopathic doctor. They're like really trying everything. And I was like, nah, I just don't want to. And they yeah. like really didn't understand. Up until last year, my dad was like, you're still going to go your, get your uh, master's of public health, right? And oh I was like, dad. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Wow. I feel like it wasn't until like maybe this past like year, year uh-huh, and a half, uh-huh. where he was like, all right, I think it's time to let it go. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. do you think your dad is still mad? No, he's not mad at me. He's actually very happy mm-hmm. at seeing my success yeah. um, to the point where he brags about it to his friends. It's really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> what I realize as I get older is that Yes, my parents are very harsh to me. They crushed my dreams, definitely. But I understand now that they wanted me to be financially sound. Like yeah. that, I think they wanted me to be safe and not mm-hmm. be homeless. But now when I raise my kids, I'm going to let them figure out what they want and give them guidance, but not drag them to like wherever they need to go because that's not how you want to teach people. And also, like, say I did decide to go into medical school and become a doctor. Like, I would not be a good doctor even to begin with. No, I, I really think people should really do what they're meant to do, but mm-hmm. also have the freedom to discover that. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. There's a clear difference between pursuing something that your heart and soul is into it and yeah. no one else has to push you to do it yeah. versus doing something that you just tolerate and you settle with. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. 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 And I think hearing kind of what you were talking about with your dad, mm-hmm. I think that he just saw so much of him in you. I think a lot of that anger is just fear. Like fear that he was just like, oh my gosh, she's doing the same things that I didn't want to do like she's doing. Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly it. Because I was going to say that my dad's story now is in Chinese called Ai Wan, which is like Mm -hmm. the love to play. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and he also... Did I mention this? Like he was a gangster. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Yeah, my dad was a gangster. What does that mean? As in... It's funny because when he talks about it, there's a sense of sarcasm, but also boasting. So (laughs) I don't know what's exaggerated and what's not. That's his story, you know? Mm, That's really interesting. And he's like the son of a respected doctor. Right. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually had very recent talks. He loves to talk about his past a lot. He said that he was the youngest of the family. Mm -hmm. And that by that time, I think his parents were just like, ugh, just... Enough kids, you know, and then his dad was always working. His <laughs> mom was the wife of a doctor, right? right. So he, I think he felt really neglected. Like he acted out for attention. Got and it. I think that's something that he realized, oh. you know, and then that he really had a disdain for authority. So I think being a gangster and doing all these things worked for him. It was like liberating. Yeah, it was very, his rebellious phase of just listen to me, like look at me, right? And he said it worked to his advantage that obviously his dad was the doctor in the small town so that when he got arrested or he like the police would pull him aside or like, you know, stop him, they Uh would be like, who's your dad? And he just used his dad's name to get out of it. Mm. Oh, wow. So he actually told me recently, he's like, oh, he never had to face the consequences to his actions. Oh, Mm. wow. So like because of that, he just got more and more bold in other things. And that plays a lot into my dad currently. My dad's always had to be the one that like has to hit the fan in order for him to really learn the lesson. How Mm. interesting. Yeah. And then, so I'm a lot like him Mm -hmm. in that sense. That's why I respect you guys because you guys listen to your parents. Even though it wasn't necessarily you agreed with it, but there was that, not that I know any better, but I would respect what my parents are saying. I'll try to understand that. Me and my dad were always just like, well, I don't care. I don't know. I'm going to find out by myself. And uh-huh. then we fall really, really hard. Yeah. But then we also learn. That's yeah. the way we learn. I see that my dad's life didn't turn out the way that he wanted. 
I see how his sickness, his illness with cancer, it really affected who he was as a person and his self-esteem, his self-confidence, and even how I said he was super charismatic. He just, I just saw him becoming more and more isolated as a person, especially an immigrant father. There's that sense of they kind of kind of have to come here and start over. Yeah, right? they, they have do. to build a life yeah. for themselves, yeah. and they shoulder all of that. It's like they can't really talk to their wives about it because there's that expectation of you need to handle that financially. You are right. the man of the house, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for your dad, they have no one really to talk to. It's just yeah. let me just figure it out. Yeah. And I think with no outlet, they're a human being. They have insecurities. They don't know how things will pan out. They don't know if they're being a good dad. They don't know if they're being a good husband. What next year will look like. They want to provide the best life for their family, but also save that face. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a lot of pressure for them. And I think I realized that's what happened with my dad. And he kind of fell into the shame of things. Mm. And understanding that, it made me see my dad in like, you're a flawed human being. Mm-hmm. Just like me. Like, yeah. he's never going to be the dad or the family man that I always saw on TV or dreamed of. Yeah. But he's my dad. Nor yeah. am I going to be the perfect daughter. Right. I, I, for sure. And I think we finally got to a point where, if you're talking about love and acceptance, we finally got to that point. Because mm. when I finally reconciled with my dad, I wrote him this letter of, like, three years' worth of stuff that <laughs> I just kept inside. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just told him in that letter... There's nothing that you did or will do that will ever make me lose respect and love for you. I will Mm. always love you because you are my dad. And that's it. It took me three years to get to that point because before that, I was so mad that he wasn't the dad that... He, I thought he should have been. Were you crying when you wrote that letter? Oh like my God, hard? yes. I'd be crying so hard. Yeah, three years I didn't cry. Whoa. You know, three years Whoa. I was just in anger. Whoa. And that's where I'm like, my I dad. remember every time yeah. she would text me about it, it was very matter of fact. Anytime I asked her questions, uh-huh. she's like, this is just how it is. We yeah. haven't ever talked about it ever since, but it's uh-huh. just like you said. It's, I'm the type of person that now I want to talk about everything, but then I also have that fear of, like, I don't want to open Pandora's box and have all of that come out again. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with like Asian families. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, forget it. Swanla, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's Sweep already... It under the rug. Yeah, we've we fought about it. Uh-huh. Why bring up uh-huh. you know, all the ugly mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Yeah. But you need to. Yeah. You need yeah. to because that stuff keeps happening. By talking about it, I've met so many people who've gone through the same thing and now we can all talk about it. This is the part where the healing process really begins. Yeah. You have to talk about it. You have to be you honest to. about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as uncomfortable or if it does open Pandora's box, you kind of have to do that to clear like the cobwebs, to clear you the really mess. You really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's the thing that you don't want to do that's going to change everything. Yeah. yeah. You really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. So how is your relationship like with your dad? It's better now. Like it's not the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love my dad. I love my mom. They're my parents. But sometimes they're weird. that's a really great way to say it I think for me now we're all just like people of society and we're all working towards our own goals and doing our own thing Mm -hmm. and they're trying to be as supportive as they can in their own way your relationship with your dad now is yeah we're like like more like friends more than equals yeah we're equals that's cool especially since they don't know anything about this they try to help in every way that they can but at the end of the day they're like oh well you're an adult and we trust you and we trust your opinion so go forth be the best version of yourself yeah that's that's good with me and my dad and let's just say with me and my parents I think I've gotten to this maybe this roundabout way of getting back to I grew up feeling I wasn't enough for them for their love Hmm. and now that I'm older I realize that they carry that same 
insecurity. Mm. So I think we're coming back to this very basic level of just learning to love each other as we are. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's it. No expectations. We've been through like hurricanes of turmoil and our family's been through really, really rough times. Mm. But I think it was necessary to try to get to the very heart of it, which is just very imperfect people. Mm-hmm. And everyone is just learning. I think they never really saw me for me. And I think in the same way with them as parents, I had a certain expectation of them as parents, as being perfect parents. And when we didn't act accordingly, that's when we fought the most. Mm -hmm. So we never really saw each other as who we really were. And I get it now that we're adults and I'm hopefully more mature. I'm able to start that with them. And I've said this in past episodes where it's just spending time with it and talking Mm -hmm. to them like Mm -hmm. talking to my parents a lot of things that they don't want to open up about it's uncomfortable because we didn't have that growing up but Mm -hmm. because we want that relationship with our parents i think we kind of have to be the ones that start that start Mm -hmm. the the dialogue the Mm -hmm. uncomfortable conversations Mm -hmm. and even not to just be like abrasive about it but just on a human level I just want to know your story, mom. Yeah. You know, like yeah. tell me more about when you grew up, how was your mom like to you yeah. and stuff like it's that. It's interesting that we now have to step up and be the adults. Really? It, yeah. And it's the cycle. It, it really is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much for digging in really deep to share all your stories. Yeah. 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 No, it was good. Thank you for helping me try to understand my parents better. I think this is really good for me. I think that's why these talks are important because yeah. I hear your story, I hear Regina's mm-hmm. story, and like mm-hmm. it provides a lot of insight about my own life. Yeah, and there's so yeah. many similarities too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very interesting. Like we need to have more of these conversations. Yes, yeah. Yes. And it really helps you appreciate people on a more intimate level where I feel like I know more about you because I know about your parents and how you grew up in that dynamic and yeah. what you've overcome and still are, right? Uh-huh. And the same thing with Regina. And I really appreciate and like I said, I'm very honored and privileged whenever anyone opens up mm-hmm. on a more personal side. Completely. Because I know how hard it is. It's so difficult to like dig through your childhood and to talk about your parents and to really think of how that shaped you. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing with us today. Oh my God. No, I, I'm honored to be on your podcast <laughs> and I love just hanging out with you guys too. So that's always a big bonus. Would you come back? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. this has been a very unique experience and I definitely want to do another one. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I think you guys all know by now, but Cassie has her own podcast, Heroic. So it's me and my friend Lisa Billu. She is a fellow female entrepreneur and so we talk a lot about how to run a business and how to be a girl boss or just a boss in general and then also like all sorts of other things. We even go into relationships, talk about body image disorder and like health and fitness as well. So if there are any people listening today that would love to give Sheroic a try, just type it in on Stitcher or iTunes and find it. We'll be sure to leave the links to Cassie's podcast in the description box below and include all of her socials. So make sure you guys follow her and we will see you guys next week. Yay! Bye! Bye!